This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you're here today. This podcast is part of the Sandy Boy Productions Podcast Network. Make sure you check out all of our shows at sandyboyproductions.com. Our newest show in the network is called Ready to Run, and that is a podcast that engages in thoughtful discussions with athletes, coaches, clinicians, and researchers to share knowledge within the field of sports medicine and inspire progression in the sport of running. Go check it out. It's called Ready to Run. All right, and today you're listening to one of the 2022 Western State Champions, Adam Peterman. He is the male champion for Western States this year. And the crazy thing about this is this was his debut 100-mile race. Pretty crazy to win Western States at your debut 100. That hasn't happened since the 1980s. The winner of Western States winning in their debut, not just debut Western States, but debut 100. Adam ran for Colorado and he was a steeplechaser and just recently in the last calendar year really started running ultras and has just been on a tear winning most ultras he signs up for breaking course records and it's pretty cool to see what he's been able to do. This is something he didn't think he'd be diving into so early in his career. He's sponsored by Hoka and he'll share all about the journey with you all in this conversation. He has really great recaps for his races and experiences over on his Instagram. It's Adam Peterman underscore over there. Adam lives in Montana. And after winning Western States, he took quite a little breather from running and explored and did all the other things that he is so passionate about. If you enjoy this conversation with Adam or any of the conversations in the podcast, uh, would you please leave a rating and review on iTunes? That is such a great way for potential new listeners to find us. And it's always helpful for me to read the reviews and know the things that you love about the show. Maybe the things you don't love. I just love reading those reviews. So you can do that on iTunes. And if you listen through Spotify, you can leave a rating over there. Uh, we do give away a pair of Gooder sunglasses to new ratings and reviews. We draw a winner every month. And hey, if you don't already have a pair of Gooder sunglasses, you can go to gooder.com slash another and use the code another 15. That's another one five for 15% off your order. The best sunglasses on the market for the active human. Go check them out. Gooder.com slash another. All right, friends. Enjoy my conversation with Adam Peterman. Okay. Today on the podcast, we have Adam Peterman on the show, fresh off a Western States win. Welcome to the show, Adam. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. I'm so excited to talk to you. Congratulations on a massive, not just like calendar year in 2022, but like a massive year you've been having racing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed trail running and ultra running. It's been, yeah, it's been good for me. So you are taking the week, a month off though, running, coming off Western States. Yeah, no, I haven't really run much at all. I haven't run really a step since the race, which is crazy. Um, I haven't taken this long off in a long time. Like, you know, I've taken this much time off before, like during injury. But yeah, this is the first like long forced break I've ever really had. And are you enjoying it? It's been nice, honestly. Yeah, I, I thought I'd be going a little crazy, but... 
yeah, States was really hard and I had a great block leading into it. But yeah, I was ready to take a break afterwards. What have you been doing? I'm still staying active. Like, like I rode my bike for 90 minutes this morning and um, <laughs> like we went backpacking this last weekend and I have a part-time job with an events company. So yeah, I've been, been staying a little bit busy, but yeah, just no running. So it's been, it's been good though. What is that the sky race you were talking about that you were just uh, helping out with recently? Or was that just, were you just crewing friends? Uh, I was, we put on a relay, we put on a trail relay in big sky a couple weeks ago. So I was helping out with that. And then our next event is the rut. So that's our, that's our biggest event of the year um, over Labor Day weekend. It's so fun to like do stuff like that after you've come off a really big accomplishment. Cause you can just kind of like enjoy being in the atmosphere and like breathing it in and not like having any pressure on your shoulders. Yeah, it, it was fun. Yeah, it was, it was fun just like helping out with the event and putting it on and, Sometimes it's kind of stressful for me to manage like training and then these like big work days. But since I wasn't training at all, it was like I didn't care. So that was also nice. What's the event company? It's called Runner's Edge Events. So where I live is in Missoula, Montana. And Runner's Edge is the local running store. And then Runner's Edge Events, we put on uh, a lot of trail races, about 10 different trail races across western Montana. Did you grow up in Montana? Yep. Yeah. I grew up in Missoula. That's where I live now. Um, I just went to school in Boulder. So I was, yeah, but I love Missoula. Um, yeah, it's always been home to me. So I feel like people are, everybody's like moving out, out that way. It's like Montana, Wyoming, Idaho. I feel like it's like cool to go move out that way. Yeah. We've definitely had a lot more people move into the area since COVID. Yeah, you know, a yeah. lot of people are working remote, but I think Bozeman, which is another town in Montana, has seen a lot more growth uh, compared to Missoula even. But I don't know. I don't I don't blame them. Like if I was in someone else's shoes, I'd probably want to move to Montana too. Tell me what's so good about it. For me, like most of the things I like to do are all like right here. Like there's a lot of trails I like to run that are just like from where I live. Um, I really like going fishing. And so there's a lot of great rivers to fish and I like going mountain biking and backpacking. And so it's like really good outdoor recreation. Um, the winter is a little tough for running, but if you ski, it's it's fine. So yeah, I just, I think because I grew up here, it kind of made me like to do all the things that it has to offer. So I, I love it. Yeah. Do you ski? Yeah, I ski cross country and then a little bit of like ski mountaineering, but not very intense. <laughs> okay, so your path to ultra running, you were a steeplechaser at Colorado. Did you in the fifth and did you also do the fifteen? Yeah, I did the steeplechase and um yeah, we would do the fifteen hundred, but mainly just the steeplechase and uh, I did a few five Ks as well. Tell us about your career there and what that part of your life looked like. Yeah, yeah. Running for University of Colorado was like a big dream of mine. Um I worked really hard in high school to try to run Division One, and fortunately, I was offered a scholarship at Colorado. So, yeah, running there was um, something I always wanted to do. Uh, ever since I read Running with the Buffaloes, I that was just like a, a big goal of mine. So, no, it was awesome. Uh, I was there for five years because I redshirted, and I would say like the first two or three years were really good. Um, I was just able to train without getting injured and we had a really good team then um like my freshman and sophomore year we won nationals for cross country um which was really cool to be a part of and then what was kind of frustrating for me was i got injured 
my fourth year with just just like Achilles tendonitis, but it was super pesky, um, and I wasn't really able to run like the whole fourth year. And then my fifth year, I ran, but it like really wasn't very good because I was still injured. So it was kind of like a mixed bag. Like I had made great friends, like great memories running on the team, and like I wouldn't trade it for anything. Mm. But then it was really frustrating to like finish. Uh, like my career at Colorado, just like not really running very well. But yeah, I mean, those first few years, like when you're training with the guys and everyone's rolling, like it's hard to beat. It was, it was really special. Was it intimidating? At first it was. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, just the, the roster we had was just loaded. Um, and any day on a given workout, like one of those guys is going to feel really, really good. And so yeah, I mean, sometimes you'd show up to a long run and especially like my freshman year, like it was, it was just a lot different than what I was used to. You know, guys are running 18 miles at 555 a mile every Sunday and it's like no wow. big deal. And to me, that's like a marathon effort as a 18 year old kid. But, you know, after a few years, you got used to it. Do you think that's shifting? You're, you're so young. I mean, you're pretty fresh out of college, you know, really when you think about it, but like. I was talking to a coach sort of recently and he was talking about how the team, I think the NAU, yeah, they're like really good team. Like they're just known for running really, really slow on their easy days. And I, and like for a long time, I think that college kids like really ripped it hard, like even on easy days. Do you think that's shifting a little bit? Yeah, I think it is because I think people are seeing that uh, what they're doing at NAU and then just like a lot of programs are preaching to have easy days really easy and hard days hard. Um, so yeah, I th- I'd agree. I think it is shifting because that was one thing I found pretty tough at Colorado was like our easy days were supposed to be around like six thirty per mile. Mm. Um, not that we always did that a lot of times, like we would just run seven minute pace and it was fine. Okay. But like coach definitely wanted us to run a little bit faster and I think that works for some people, but for the majority of the team, like that's just too hard for just your easy 10 mile day. That sounds really fast for an easy day, even if you're running, even if you're racing at such a high caliber and um, yeah, just to be able to recover your body. It's just interesting to me too. I always think about the longevity of someone's career and if they can kind of keep their body healthy by doing things like that, if that aids in staying healthy. Um will would we see longer careers out of athletes i mean i guess we just have to keep paying attention and we'll know yeah i mean probably because i look at a lot of my college teammates um and what they're doing now and it's it's pretty funny like the ones who are still running i would say they're like professional athletes Mm -hmm. um but the ones who like aren't running anymore aren't really running at all like they're not really doing it recreationally um and then probably a lot of that's because of injury. Like, I think the people who aren't professional athletes were ones who became injured and then got frustrated and, like, walked away from the sport, which is a bummer. Like, you want to cultivate, like, lifelong runners. Um, but that's just how it goes. I mean, it's intense. Yeah, the repair that goes into these long, big injuries, it's like, do I want to put all this time into that? And if I'm not going to compete at this, like, super high level, do I even want to do it? Um, I'm sure that's super challenging mentally. I'm curious for you when you graduated school, did you 
when did you start thinking like, I'm going to dip my toes into the ultra scene? Because once you dipped your toes, like not that long ago, you you're kind of all in now. Yeah, I would say like it was probably like a year after I graduated, maybe a little more that I like decided I would probably be all in. Um, like like I was saying, I, I was pretty injured after college and it was simple. Like it was just Achilles tendinopathy that was going on for like years. And I remember I graduated college and I, I didn't run for like months. Like I think I took like four months off. Um, and when I started running again, like my Achilles still hurt. And yeah. so I was like, okay, like I probably need to seek like a physical therapist or like this isn't just going to go away with time. Um, and fortunately, I got in with a really great PT here in Missoula. He's actually like the head of the University of Montana's uh, physical therapy department. And so, yeah, I got in with him and just we were really diligent with weighted eccentric loads on the Achilles. And within uh, maybe another four months, it was a lot better. Um so I would say, yeah, like once I healed that injury and I started training and like, you know, running trails and meeting a lot of new friends in Missoula who were into like skiing and biking and different sports, I think I started to realize that maybe I could be good at trail running. But like, yeah, I didn't think I would pursue it really. Um, I think what happened was I signed up for the Moab Trail Marathon as my first like trail race that I actually took really seriously. So that would have been fall of 2019. So this is like a year and a half after I graduated. Mm -hmm. Um, and I ended up winning that and getting the course record, which was like, I was so surprised. Like I couldn't believe it. Um, was that the USATF? Was that the championship, like the national championship as well? Yeah, it was the, it's like the USATF trail marathon national championships. So it has like, it has some like prestige and it had some good runners there. And yeah, like I didn't think I would do that well there. Um, so after that, I was like, shoot, maybe I have a shot at like being a good trail runner. But yeah, it wasn't until about a year and a half after I graduated. You've run that three years in a row and won every time, right? Yeah, that's like one of my favorite races. <laughs> I just love going down to Moab. You can't not do it. Are you just going to continue to do it? No, I think I'm not going to do it this fall. Um, yeah, last year... It had some great dudes, um, like I was racing Max King and Eli Hemming, and I think the three of us pushed each other to run like just a great time. So mm. I'm satisfied with my time there for now, but if someone breaks my course record, I will probably have to go back. At <laughs> <laughs> um, 252, is that your course record? Yeah, I think it was 252 or 251, something like that. Okay, so you run that in 2019. That's your first trail race. Mm-hmm. And you kind of, and then like, was it just last year, 2021, that you ran your first actual ultra? Yeah, first ultra race. I I'd mean, run that's farther wild. than that before, but. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You'd run farther. Tell me that. Tell me how much you'd run before. Oh, man. I mean, even in high school, one time we had this fundraiser. Uh, we would get pledges for every mile that we ran over the course of this eight hour day. Like, it, it was like an eight to 12 hour run. I can't remember. Um, but like, it was to fundraise a trip we had to go to California to run Foot Locker. Okay. And so, yeah, we just ran for eight hours in this grass field. And, yeah, I got pledges for how far you run. And so I think a group of like seven of us ran like 40 miles that day. And I don't know, I was like 15 or 16 <laughs> years old. So That's that was wild. Probably my, that was my first ultra. 
it was hor- it was super hard. Yeah, that's a long way at 15. Yeah, I was wrecked. Needless to say, I did really poorly at Full Locker that year. So when did you get your eyes set on actually doing Western States? I know you've done you did JFK before then. The Canyons 100K. Man, your your spring was loaded this spring. It was a lot of racing. Yeah. That's why I'm taking this month off because I kind of like it was awesome and I wouldn't trade any of those races I had. But I would say even a couple weeks before Western States, I was like starting to feel it. Like I was like, all right, I'm definitely taking a long break after States regardless of what happens. Yeah, that's a lot, a lot of racing and so much at once. And so I saw that when you got your golden ticket to do Western States, that was only two months before the actual race. Yeah. (laughs) So did you even consider not taking it? Definitely. Yeah, actually all, like this whole year when I mapped out my schedule, my plan wasn't to do Western States. Really? Um, I was going to do Canyons 100K in April and then take a break and then the hope was that I would run at UTMB CCC, mm. which is a hundred K, um, during that big weekend of racing at UTMB in uh, France. So that was actually my hope. Um, I'd kind of been convinced by a few of my friends and people I really look up to in Missoula who've been ultra runners for a long time. Uh, and they had pretty much convinced me that running Western States was like a pretty bad idea, Really, but yeah, like I would say if you asked me last year at this time, I would have been like so all in on running Western States for 2022. But yeah, the, I kind of got convinced by a few people I really look up to. And uh, fortunately, like I just after Canyons, I was so excited about having run 100K on the Western States course that I waited a week and then decided to take the ticket because I was just too excited about that race to turn it down. What was their reasoning for not running it? They they had good points. Um, they were arguing that if I ran 100K in April mm. and 100 mile in uh, June, and all of this is so new to me that I would probably like probably not do well at Western States. And they also thought that since States is usually like such a hot race, that it would like destroy me for the rest of the summer. And like, I, I agree, like they had good points, but at the end of the day, like I was most excited about running Western States. Mm. And I also realized that we were trying to make ultra running seem like this rational thing. Like, like, <laughs> I mean, it's not really a rational sport in the first place. That's such a good point. Um, yeah. Like I started to realize I was like, okay, I guess it makes sense. Like if we're talking about doing a hundred K for a couple years and then we move up to the hundred mile in a few years from now. And I was like, like, what am I doing? Like (laughs) this race is going to take 14 hours. And if I do CCC, that's probably going to take 12. So like, what's the difference of two hours of racing? Like I should just do what I want. Um, so yeah, much to their disappointment, (laughs) I chose to do Western States and I don't know. We we all joke about it now, so it's all good. Were they like, whoa, glad you made that choice on your own afterwards? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. We, we always joke about it. Yeah, one of them's, uh, his name's Mike Foote, but he's a professional ultra runner for the North Face who uh, has been a big mentor of mine for a long time. And 
uh yeah after states he was like dude i'm so glad you chose to yeah. do states and not listen to my advice i mean you wouldn't have known what you didn't know like you know had you not done it you wouldn't have known that you, you would have won but still like what a great yeah. decision and yeah. i love you guys that you guys can joke about it um and i can see where they're coming from like that's a lot to pile on but like you said it why are we trying to rationalize this no for sure and i, I like the schedule i have now like yeah, I'm taking a month off and That's then great. I'll probably race again maybe in November. But like, honestly, it's less racing now, the schedule I came up with rather than what I was thinking before. Because if I ran CCC, I would probably would have run Speedgoat 50K as well. So it's just more racing. This episode of All Have Another Podcast is supported by Athletic Greens. I've seen a lot of information about Athletic Greens over the years and I finally have dove in and tried it myself and am loving it. I wake up in the morning and I mix it with eight ounces of water, which I was drinking water in the morning anyway before my coffee. So that's how I have my water now. I have athletic greens water. The biggest difference I have noticed is my energy earlier in the morning, which is great because I like to wake up and be awake for about two hours before I go on my run. This morning that meant waking up at five, taking my athletic greens, about 45 minutes later, having some coffee and then going for a run at seven. Athletic Greens will help with gut health, help with energy levels and optimize your immune system. It's kind of like an all in one fix. With 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics and adaptogens. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. Is one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself. And it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Lindsay to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, friends, back to the show. So when you started Western States, how were you? I mean, I know the first 40 miles were hard for you but in your mental state starting the race how did you stay like confident this is my first not just my first western states but my first hundred miler oh man yeah i think what worked for me was i i usually into when i go into these races i'm like really competitive and like my goal is always to win and like hopefully get the course record um but for states, whenever I thought about trying that, it, like I just realized if I if I tried something like that, it probably would end poorly mm. just because it was my first one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like my mindset going into states was like go out conservatively and like the goal is to finish. And I felt like I would trained so hard and so well that like if I was going to finish and like be able to run and not be like hiking it in, that I probably would be in the top five. Mm. So like I felt confident that I'd be able to do that. Um, and yeah, it, it was a good idea I think for me cause it just like made me go out at a pace that was like not too fast. And you know, even 40 miles in, if, if people were passing me, like it didn't really bug me because I was like, this is, this is going to take all day. Like I, uh, like there's plenty of time to catch these guys. 
yeah, so I think just having that more chill mentality was really helpful for me that day. What place were you in at mile 40? Do you even know? Uh, gosh, I was, I think I was in fifth okay. at mile 40. And then by, there was a big climb after mile 42. And at the top of that climb, I made it up to second. So okay. the, a lot of people were really close. Um, there was like a little pack of us. Um, so you always, you say you go into races, always wanting to win and get the course record. So you didn't have this yeah. strategy this time, but it, this strategy also worked for you. So it's like, yeah. when do you decide which strategy? Because obviously you do in your heart always want to win. For sure. I guess I like to look at the course record splits mm. when I go into these races, just so I know if I'm going out too hard or too slow. Okay, sure. So like, I shouldn't say like, like when I ran speed goat the first time, I wasn't shooting for the course record, but I did know some of his splits just to like, my fear was I was going to go out too hard yeah. since I'm kind of like new to this. And and you used um, to race very short distances compared. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so same with JFK. Like I was like, I don't know if I can get the course record, but I might as well know the splits. And so I'd like know what track I'm on. But yeah, I was, I was actually surprised this mindset worked. Um, but I will say like, I felt really chill and like really kind of pushed the competition out of my head mm. until about mile 45. And then when I finally did get into second place, I started to realize I was like, dang, there's actually a chance that I might win today. And I felt like all the competitive spirit that I have like flooded back in at that moment. And I actually had to like push it away again and be like, dude, you have 55 miles to go like chill. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, but it worked. I mean, I think I think that's a good way for me to run 100 miles is to go into it like a little more chill and calm than a shorter race. Was it Hayden that was in first when you came up in second place? Yeah, he was in first at that point. Yep. Okay. And then yeah. it was at 73. I read a post-race article. Was it mile 73 when you finally took the lead? Yeah, I think I caught up to him around mile 73. And then we shared a couple miles together. And then... It was it was a little bit before the river crossing at mile seventy eight where I was like actually leading um, and had some distance, but yeah, it was it was pretty late in the race. I mean, I was like I was kind of nervous making a move with like at mile seventy three or seventy five or whatever it was, but then still having twenty five miles to go. I mean, yeah, yeah, it was like definitely uncharted territory for me at that point. Yeah, what is the part of Western states where people are like, this is where the real race begins? Oh, people always say they always talk about Forest Hill. So yes. that's that's a hundred kilometers in. Okay. And everyone I know who's run Western states, they're always like, the race doesn't start until Forest Hill. And so I think that's like a good way to think of it. So you were past Forest Hill. Yeah. Under K. I was past Forest Hill at that point. Um, but yeah, a lot of people do say that. Although I mean, the race actually starts at. Olympic Valley. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I think it's a good mentality, I guess, for people to like try to be calm through 60 miles. But I mean, that's crazy. You still run 60 miles at that point. Jeez. So you, you feel crappy ish the first 40 miles, then you feel pretty good the last 50 ish, 60 miles. What do you think mm -hmm. changed? Was it just like you were fueling well and you just got your head in a good state? Yeah. I, uh, I felt there were, I just had like a few patches where I didn't feel so hot. Like, maybe mile five through 15, I didn't feel that great. And then mile like 30 to 40, I didn't feel that great. But like 
not that I've ever run a hundred mile before this one, but I definitely had that happen in some of these shorter races too. So like I would always just try to focus on my fueling and like not let it get to me, like not let it get in my head. But like during those moments, people were definitely passing me. Like I think at mile 30, I was in third and then at mile 40, I'm in like fifth or sixth again. So, I mean, it definitely was frustrating to not feel great, but I, I was just like, rolling with the punches i was like whatever like it's such a long race um but i looking back i think what was happening was i was probably taking in too many calories per like i i I have a lot of calories in my bottles like 400 calories per bottle um and i switched at mile 40 ish to 250 calories per bottle and i stopped taking gels and instead i started eating like fruit snacks and for whatever reason that day like that worked a lot better uh because I would say once I switched the mix, I felt much, much better. Did one? Did somebody like recommend that, or did you just think maybe this is making me feel off? Like, how did you make that in the moment decision? Uh, they had it at the aid stations. They had a different like can, they had just a different amount of calories per bottle in the mix at the aid stations, and I could tell what I was drinking was just like too, too many much. calories for like the heat. Because okay. usually I eat a lot. Usually I eat like four to five hundred an hour if I'm okay. racing. Yeah, and. I think in the heat, like that's not, it's just not very easy to do. Um, yeah. So it was just, it was just hitting me. Like I felt kind of sick at mile from like mile 30 to 40. I just felt kind of upset stomach. Um, and I like, wasn't really drinking my bottle anymore that had calories. And then, yeah, when I made that switch at the aid station, it was like 15 minutes went by and I was like, Oh, I actually feel pretty good. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It was cool. I was, I was really, really stoked when I like figured that out. You know, people listening that might not follow Western States super closely, like this is such a big deal that you won this race as your debut Western States. It it has been since 1986 since that's happened. That is wild. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it myself. I mean, yeah, when I took the lead, I was like, is this like I couldn't believe it was happening. And then I was also like, is this a bad idea like, <laughs> to take the am lead? Am I going to just be like walking it in in 10 miles? Like. Yeah, it was, I couldn't believe it really. Um, I always thought there was a chance I could win, but when it actually happened, it was, it was pretty surreal. Did you feel like when you took the lead that you were taking a gamble? Like I'd felt pretty solid for so long. That was the weird thing. Once I made that switch at mile 45 of like what I was eating, I like never felt bad again. I I didn't feel like great. I don't think I had like an out of body experience, but (laughs) yeah. So like, you know, it was mile 75 and I, I had, I was definitely tired and like was starting to get some sore spots, but I was like, like, it didn't feel like I was running on fumes. Um, I was like, dang, like I might run away with it, but I might get caught by someone else. Um, you know, like, like if I had passed Hayden and he was walking, I would have thought I like had it in the bag, Mm -hmm. but like I was saying, it, it took me like two or three miles to actually get some distance on him. Mm-hmm. And I kind of was like, well, maybe he's just going to be like a minute behind me and then blow my doors off with 10 miles to go. So it, yeah, it definitely felt like a little bit of a gamble. And you ended up winning by 33 minutes. That's a pretty good stretch there. Probably around in the 90s somewhere you kind of knew you had it in unless yeah. you fell or got lost yeah. or something. Yeah, I like I... I got a pacer, my, one of my really good friends who lives in Missoula, who's also a Hoka athlete. Um, his name's Jeff McGavro. So he was my pacer and I picked him up at 78. Um, and 
you know, I, I would always be asking him, I'm like, is, is Hayden coming? Like, do you see him in the trees? And Jeff would be like, he's like, dude, no, you're good. Like you're crushing it. Like just keep eating. He'd tell me that just keep eating. And, uh, then we would get to a couple aid stations and I would always ask the aid stations if they had like live updates, uh-huh. you know, cause they all have their phones. Um, but there wasn't any service. Oh. And I don't even, I don't even know if they're supposed to tell me or not. I don't know either. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I didn't, I didn't get any updates for a long time and it, it actually wasn't until mile 94 at the pointed rock aid station where my crew was there and they were like, um, he was like, Adam, like you have 30 minutes on Hayden at the mile 98 station. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was like, it was such a relief. Yeah. Um, just cause I'd been running scared for like, I don't know, like 15 miles. Like it was, it was just really cool. Cause I think I knew at that point that I was going to win and yeah, like I had my sunglasses on, but I was definitely like crying a little oh. bit. I was so happy <laughs> when you heard that. Oh yeah. I was just like, I couldn't believe it. Oh, you know, cause so at that point I was like, I don't know, like I might get caught. Like who knows what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, when he's like, dude, you're going to win. I was like, wow. Okay. Like this is real. This is mile 94. You said mile 94. It's because I knew at that point I wasn't going to like die. Yeah. Like I'd been, I'd been running solid enough for long enough that I was like, all right, like I can go one more hour. Like, and no if problem. he was 30 minutes back, if you needed to drop to a fairly pretty slow pace, you could still knock that out. Yeah. I felt like I had it. And Jeff had done such a good job making me eat at mile 90 that by mile 94, I actually felt pretty okay again. Oh my gosh. Okay. So tell us about running in with your crew and didn't your dad run in with you too? Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. Um, Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. Like, so from mile 94 on, uh, Jeff and I were just kind of running and it didn't really feel like I had to have my foot on the gas anymore, which was like Mm. just awesome because I got to enjoy it. And, um, yeah, you do this final climb from mile 98 to mile 99 and then the last mile your crew gets to run with you Mm. um and so it was awesome like I had a pretty big crew there and most of them were like friends of mine I have here in Missoula uh so I was really really lucky that everyone was able to get down there and like be there like my crew was awesome um so yeah that last mile we all got to run in together and it was yeah like six people from the crew and my girlfriend Aaron, and then uh, my dad joined in too, which was awesome. Yeah, he he was so funny because he doesn't really run roads. He only runs like he hikes uphill and runs down, uh, or he he runs uh, he runs up these mountains in Missoula. So he like hikes up them and runs down, but he hates running flat. <laughs> and so he was like, "I don't know if I'll keep up." <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, Dad, like you'll keep up. I'm running so slowly." Right what now. were you? What was like? What did your last mile? What was it? I don't know because I was like stopping and high fiving people. Yeah. I feel like I was probably just going like eight thirty pace okay, or like nine like, minute pace. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, there was no pressure to run faster because you knew you had it, and like you knew you weren't going for a course record and all. Yeah, the things. I was just like enjoying it. Yeah, um, it was it was cool. Um, yeah, and then a couple of our athlete managers from Hoka showed up, and they ran the last half mile. Uh, there were even like these high school boys who like just showed up. I didn't even know who they were. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Oh, high school boys that are dreaming about the day they get to do it. Yeah, maybe. That's <laughs> I don't awesome. Know, I don't know if they dream about that in high school. <laughs> I don't know. When did you first have a dream about doing a race like that? Oh man, maybe it was high school. If you were running forty miles in high school. 
I thought maybe I'd do Western States when I was like old. Yeah. I always thought like doing ultra was like what older folks did, but <laughs> it's changing um, now. It's changing. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think I would do one when I was 26 for a hundred mile, but yeah, here we are. Yeah. This is a, this is a quick shift for you. It seems like this is a pretty quick, um, progression into the hundred mile distance. Yeah, for sure. I didn't, I thought that I would do States maybe in like the next couple years. Yeah. Um, I didn't think I would do it this early, but I don't know. I just, I felt like things had been going so well in the last year of ultra running that like I wanted to go for it. Um, I'd kind of just take a chance and yeah, I'm really glad I did. Um, you know, like I, I felt like I'd been training kind of like someone who runs longer races than I was doing. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to give it a go and yeah, really glad that I did. That's so awesome. Now your girlfriend, Erin, she runs for Hoka too, right? Yeah, and so she actually ran for Hoka on the Northern Arizona Elite team, like right out of college. She, I think she was on their team for about a year and a half. Uh, but yeah, ran the 10K and the 5K for them, and she loved it. Uh, just wasn't able to stay very healthy kind of at the end. And I think it was just like really frustrating when running was her only like job mm-hmm. to have an injury for so long. And so, yeah, after about a year and a half, she decided to leave the team and then moved to Missoula. Um, and then within about a year living in Missoula, she was back to running trails and running a lot healthier. And she actually got, she qualified for Western States in her like second ultra. That's um, awesome. she ran the Bandera hundred K in Texas and got second. So she ran Western States in, uh, 2021, but unfortunately I had to drop at mile 55 because it's just a super hot day. It was a mm. tough, tough day, but yeah, that was um, yeah, that was our first experience there, and it was it was just really cool to see it. Was that helpful though? I know she had to drop, but was it helpful to have her on your crew, kind of knowing a little bit more about the course? Or were oh, other yeah. people in, in your crew had they run it before? Uh, yes. So I was really lucky. Um, it was really helpful having Aaron and like just me being on her crew last year. Mm. Like we learned a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel bad because like last year it was the first, it was like the second ultra I'd ever crewed anyone for and it was States and you know, it's like, there's a lot that goes into crewing at States uh-huh. with, with coolers and ice and like you have a couple different crews because of how the course is. Um, and I felt bad for her because we didn't really know anything and I think we would have been able to help her a lot more sure. uh, the year she ran it if we had known. But yeah, I mean, we learned a lot. And it was super helpful for me to have Aaron. And then another guy on my crew, Chris Brown, who's another Hoka guy in Missoula, he'd run states three times before. So he's, uh, yeah, I had some really good uh, veterans on the crew. Hoka taking over Western states. I know. There were quite, there were, yeah, I guess there were four of us on the crew from Missoula Hoka people. Yeah. And also like other athletes too that I know Hayden's Hoka, right? Yeah, he is. Yep. I'm trying to think of others that were out there. That's their their repping hardcore. I think yeah, Hoka Austin and yeah. I think they're doing a really good job. Like they're obviously very invested in the trail scene, but then the relationship they have with NAZ Elite and I think that they do a good job doing both. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm really grateful to be with Hoka for trail. I feel like they're just really excited about trail and you know, you can't say the same about other companies. Um yeah, I think I agree. They have like this great road team and they're trying to grow NAZ to like be an even bigger team. Um, and then 
like, yeah, I just feel like there's not many companies that invest in both. I'd agree. I wear hokas when I run, so. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I even wore hokas before I was sponsored by them. It was like my shoe of choice. Your go-to so shoe. When I, yeah, when I actually like reached out to them and they uh, took a chance on me, I was like so happy. I was like, oh, I don't even have to change the shoes I wear. <laughs> that would be hard, especially if you really loved your shoes. I bet they're happy now that they made, took the chance on you. I hope so. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a good couple of years. It was like a dream come true to be sponsored. So that's awesome. Um, so, and you reached out to them. I love hearing the stories of how this happens. You reached out to them, or an agent yeah. reached out to them. Uh, I reached out to them. Yeah, I, I don't have an agent, but yeah, after I won the Moab Trail Marathon in 2019 and 2020, and like you were saying, that race couples is the USATF mm-hmm. Trail Marathon National Championships. So. Um, I won that. Those were the only two races I did, mainly because of COVID. Like there weren't a lot of races going on. Um, but yeah, fortunately, I reached out to Hoka and a couple other companies, and Hoka like returned the call right away, and we talked for a long time. And yeah, I was really stoked to like actually sign with the company because yeah, I think since I was a kid, like being a professional athlete was always something that I thought would be really cool. So what were you doing for work? Like what were you doing to make money before you signed? I mean, I guess it was such a short Mm -hmm. transition from college to, to now really. Yeah. So after college, I was an assistant coach at Hellgate high school, which is the high school I went to for, uh, like all of my childhood. Um, but yeah, I was an assistant cross country coach there. I worked at a gear shop. So it's funny. I wasn't really using my degrees, but I was doing things that I was excited about and I was living pretty cheaply and like it was fine. Uh, but yeah, I did that. I worked for the Forest Service one summer in New Mexico. And then uh, when I actually started trail running and like being more serious about it, I started working for Runner's Edge events. Oh, okay. And uh, so that was really good um, because that job is just like pretty flexible around training. Um, you know, cause a lot of it's just on your computer, except for when you're actually putting on the race. And since we put on about 10 races a year, it's like not, um, it's just really flexible with running. And my bosses are great. They were, it's actually funny. My bosses at runner's edge events were my head high school cross country coach and my assistant high school cross country coach. So I always joke. It's like, I never even needed to go to college. I never left. Yeah. I never left, but no, it's, uh, it's great. I love working for them. Hey friends, a quick break here to thank Pravenex for supporting this episode of the podcast. Pravenex is where I go for my multivitamins and supplements, particularly the Joint Health Plus is such a great supplement for runners. It protects your joints. I've had so many people come to me and say they couldn't believe how well the Joint Health Plus worked and how much better they feel from using it. I am a big fan of their protein powder. I use it pretty much every day. My kids use it as well. It's delicious. They have vanilla and chocolate. It is vegan and it is tasty to just shake up with water after a quick workout, or you can make a really delicious nutrient dense smoothie with it. I actually sprinkle it on bananas and peanut butter for my kids. They love it that way. And there's just no other company I believe in, like I believe in Prevenex when it comes to vitamins and supplements and protein powder, I should add. Go to Prevenex.com, use the code ANOTHER for 15% off your first order, or you can use the code LINDSAY15, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-1-5 for 15% off. Go check it out. They have a money back guarantee on all their products. So if you are not 100% satisfied, they will make it right with you. 
but I have a feeling you will be satisfied. Prevenex.com, use the code ANOTHER or Lindsay15 for 15% off your order. All right, back to the show. Um, in high school, did you like win state or anything? I did. Yeah, I did in the two mile in track when I was a senior. It was like my last race. I like finally got it, which is cool. Oh, that's awesome. I bet that felt so good. That was so awesome. Yeah. Um, so your adventure spirit, like, is that paired with growing up in a place like Missoula, but also what kind of impact did your parents have on you in that regard? Yeah, we, I had a great childhood, like growing up in Missoula was so much fun. Um, my parents are pretty like outdoorsy. Um, like my dad loves hunting and fishing and camping. And so, yeah, when we were kids, like every summer we would do camping trips and like, I'd go hunting with my dad in the fall. So it was, it was a big impact for sure. Like, yeah, when I was younger, I loved doing that kind of stuff. Um, like I remember we would, uh, we would, my parents would go to church sometimes and, I always loved it when my dad, he had this thing called Church of the Woods. And instead of going actually into church, we would like just go hiking all day on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I remember I would always be like, Dad, can we do Church of the Woods? And he's like, no, no, not today. Or, like we'd go do it. And uh, so I think I always liked that kind of stuff when I was younger. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And then, you know, like my mom was really great too because she knew that I really didn't do many sports, but she was always trying to get me to do activities, probably so I didn't drive her nuts, like, <laughs> probably so I had something to do. Um, so when I was like in elementary school, she like signed me up for a 5K and I think we used some some training plan from Runner's World magazine to like train for this 5K. And uh, yeah, like ever since then, I was like, well, I guess I'm like, that's the sport I do. Like I'm a runner, like, because uh, I liked it. Um, so yeah, it was great. They were, my parents have been great. Did she run the 5K with you? No, my dad did. Your dad did. Yeah. I think he ran it with me. And then like the last hundred meters, I like out sprinted him or something, something like really annoying. That's awesome. (laughs) I love that you guys used a training plan from Runner's World. Who hasn't used a Runner's World training plan? It's like the couch to 5K one. (laughs) Yeah. You got to start somewhere. Um, I wonder if that's as easily accessible as it used to be. Back in the day, I remember I had always just like Google like, half marathon training plan if I want to run this this speed and they yeah. would just spit out a plan for you yeah I wonder, maybe you have to pay now with like how much online coaching there is or I don't know there's probably way more information though yeah so what are you excited about next oh man I'm you know I'm, I'm starting to come up with like a little bit of a race schedule for the fall um but it's exciting this this year they're actually having the world mountain running championships in Thailand oh um it's been postponed for a couple of years now due to COVID, but I think it's like actually happening this November. Um, and it's cool. Like they've, they've had the world championships before, but this is the first year they actually have the world athletics association, like the international governing body for track is like taking charge of the world mountain running champs. So, um, yeah, I, I'm going to apply to try to be on that team. They have a 40K and an 80K and then some shorter races. But I think I would be interested in either the 40K or the 80K. So, um, yeah, I'll send an application for that. And then that would be the first week in November. So how do they select for that? It's just based on, like, your last couple of years of results. So, like, I think I have a good shot of getting into one of those races. And then they also have, 
they've had a few races this year that if you won them or were top two, you get an automatic entry. Um, but I think they still have like two or three resume application spots available. So yeah, that's my hope is to try to get in on that. And um, yeah, I think it'd be so cool to represent Team USA and run in Thailand. And like the courses look super legit. They have a ton of climbing. And yeah, I think it'd be a really good challenge. Well, and now that you've done Western States, do you lean towards the 80K? Yeah, kind of. I It would be fun to do a 40K. I think it would be fun to do something a little faster. And like, you know, training for Western States, I I felt strong, but it was like the slowest I've ever felt. You know, I would go do like strides or something and be running like 530 pace per mile, which for, for your me strides. used to be like, yeah, it used to be like no problem. And now I'm like, you know, just a little bit slower than I was last year. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm still like up in the air about it, but I am leaning maybe towards the 80K because of how states went. I'm curious since you're so young and you jumped into ultras, you know, we talked about that being fairly young. You thought you might be a little bit older when you did. Do you have desire to ever do a road yeah. marathon? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I. That's actually what's the other thing on my mind is maybe running like CIM. Mm, um, oh, fun. If I was to do the 40K in Thailand, I think I would want to try to do CIM because it's a month later. So you actually might be able to do both. Yeah. Um, but no, I'd really like to try to get the time to do the trials. Mm -hmm. So for men, it's 218, um, which like I think is in my wheelhouse. Like mm -hmm. I, it'd be fun to try though. Um, cause with all this trail running, like I feel fitter than I ever have and like aerobically stronger. And I kind of want to see if that actually carries over to me being able to run a good marathon. Um, but no, for sure. I, I've been planning to be at the trials in 2024. Such a different kind of of hurt totally yeah <laughs> yeah it's funny now because like yeah running a race that's two hours doesn't seem that long yeah yeah which is crazy because like four years ago I didn't run longer than nine minutes right <laughs> yeah change <laughs> is so fast that's crazy yeah what the heck <laughs> so if you um what is something professionally or personally you would like to do that you haven't done yet professionally or personally oh man I feel like I'm so deep in uh, running right now. It's like all about all about running. But uh, one thing I've always wanted to do is hike the uh, Continental Divide Trail. Okay. It's like one of those, you know, there's like three big through hikes uh -huh. in the U.S. And so that's the one. It goes from New Mexico and then along the Continental Divide Trail all the way to Montana and then to the Canada border. So that's always something I thought would be really cool to do, like – maybe when I actually retire from running and before I like start a different career. So yeah, I guess that's what comes to mind. Do you have thoughts on what your different career would be? Yeah, I think I would either want to work for the forest service like I did right after college. Um, I really liked that job. Like I was outside, I was hiking all day. Um, and I, like, I really care about like just having like land, public land for people to access. So either that or, it's, I guess, two pretty different things. Or maybe in healthcare, um, my dad was a flight nurse on a helicopter in Missoula. Oh, and wow. that was a really, really cool job that he loved. Um, he did it for over 30 years here. And uh, I think, yeah, that, that might be an interesting career as well, like just being a nurse like in the ER or the ICU. Um, I actually took an EMT class last year, so I'm at EMT right now. But I don't like practice. I, I don't work in an EMT capacity, but I just have the certification and 
I really liked it. Like it was, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would, um, given that it's not what I studied at all in college. That's awesome. So those are kind of like the two things I think of. It's a cool place to be in, like kind of at the beginning of your first career, but still like thinking, oh, might do something different in the second half. Yeah, totally. Like even if I ran, even if I ran professionally, like until I was 35, like I'm totally fine with going back to school then. Like yeah. kind of re- retreading myself like an old tire. But uh, yeah, I'm totally fine with that. I think that would be kind of exciting. Yeah, I think too when you go back to school, when you're a little bit older, like your perspective on school just changes. I feel like I remember in college thinking like, I got to do it all now, you know, and Mm -hmm. when things got away from me, I just felt like it was all, it all had to be now. And then as I get older, I realize you really, there's more time and it doesn't matter if you do it at 25 or 35. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like if you're actually invested in the education, because it's a job that you want, I feel like it would just be so much more interesting and you would just do so much better. Versus when you're like in high school and you're like, okay, like, why am I learning this? For what reason? Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's a totally different mindset. Totally. Uh, What is the best, most recent book you've read? Uh, I read a book called The River Why. It's a fiction book by David James Duncan. I believe that's his name, but I really liked that book. Yeah. Awesome. We were talking about books last night at dinner, so that's what I... Yeah, that's what I remember. I think I read it like last year, but it's my favorite so far. I was going to say, do you read year. a lot? Uh, I try to read like a book a month. Okay. But in the summer in Montana, it's so nice that I, I don't read in the summer. I'm, I try to be outside. Yeah. But yeah, I usually try to read like one book a month, usually. What's a trail in Montana near you that us normal folks should check out? Uh, if you're in Missoula, the trails that I like to run are usually on Mount Sentinel and okay. that's like there's a big M on the hill right outside of the University of Montana it's like just east of campus but it's like you can see it anywhere from town and so the M stands for University of Montana and then you can hike up to the M and then keep going and to the top of Sentinel and there's a lot of trails back there that I really like to run awesome last two questions who is someone fun motivating or inspiring you would like to have coffee tea or cocktail with uh mike posner oh interesting yeah yeah he's a singer songwriter musician but he seems like a really interesting guy i yeah i listened to his podcast on rich roll a couple years ago and ever since i've been a big fan because he's like this famous person uh like he could he doesn't need to do the things he does but he like chose to walk across america so i found that really interesting because he's like a very successful musician and yet like one year he decided to just like put everything aside and just walk across the country and yeah I'd love to meet him I remember when he did that didn't he do a real big hike too didn't he climb did he climb Everest last year maybe I think he did Everest okay I yeah think it was Everest last year yeah oh that's so cool yeah I love yeah, that answer beast. I have <laughs> yeah. to go listen to his podcast on ritual no, I was actually, so when he was walking across America, that was when I was uh, living in New Mexico. And it just so happened that like when I was driving from New Mexico back to Montana, like done with my job, I was going to like almost intersect his route. And uh, unfortunately, he got bitten by a rattlesnake. And so he had to take a month off of the walk and like go recover in LA. Oh my god! And that was when I was doing the drive. And so I didn't get to see him. Dang. But, uh, 
fortunately he was just like okay and was able to finish the walk but yeah I was bummed I was like this was my moment to meet him (laughs) oh my goodness I love it when I hear a celebrity on a podcast and they feel a little bit more real and relatable I mean it's always hard to tell because you're like you know this is being aired to like millions of people so they're gonna put on whatever face they need to put on to look good but like sometimes you feel like you you feel like oh this is really them like I heard um Macklemore on Armchair Expert and I was like I really like Macklemore you oh, know cool. yeah, yeah 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 I felt like that when I listened to him on Ritual I was like dang this guy seems like really down to earth yeah but, uh I agree yeah, like they they probably want to seem that way too so. right like how much yeah. of it is like I know how many people are gonna like they're gonna perceive me as this way or that way based on what I say so yeah, yeah. that's gotta be hard yeah um okay what's your last message to leave with our audience well, if we're talking, if we're talking about running and like people want to do better running, like I would just, it's, I think it's important to be consistent and like do the races and train what like for the races that you're excited about. Mm. Like for me, like I didn't, I didn't choose to do trail running because it was like something that I thought I could just be good at. Like I do it because I like it and I like to be outside and the training just is like something that's fun to me. And so I think that's made me be consistent. So, yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of people ask like in running, like how to get better. And I think the key is to just be consistent and do it day after day. Good message. My high school cross country coach told me that that was the biggest thing to be consistent. And in... oh, maybe that's just what all the high school coaches say. Yeah, it's so true, that's though. What I say too. <laughs> but like for life, even if you aren't running competitively, just be consistent. We need to consistently move our bodies because we feel better when we do that. So yeah, so true. I was just t- trying to take that message of consistency with me, whether I'm training for something or not, because it's good for me. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's true for anything else too. Like if it's work or whatever, like if you just are showing up, that's the first step. Showing up. Well, thank you so much, Adam. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. It was great to meet you. Hey friends, thanks for being here today. Thank you, Adam, for coming on the show. Adam's a fun one to be watching. Get him on your radar if he's not already there. He is going to do big things. He's going to continue to do big things, I should say, because he already is doing big things. Adam Peterman underscore on Instagram is where you follow him. You can find me on Instagram. I'm Lindsay Hine 626 as well as Twitter at Lindsay Hine. And we have a great Facebook group. We would love to have you join. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. You can find the show notes at sandyboyproductions.com. I highly encourage you to sign up for our weekly newsletter so that these show notes can be delivered to your inbox directly so that if there's anything we talk about in the show that you want to remember, um, you can just check it. Emma, my amazing editor and assistant, timestamps everything so you can like skip ahead to certain parts of the conversation. And all of that is in the show notes and the newsletter. So there's a tab to sign up for the newsletter uh, on the website at sandyboyproductions.com. Just click on All Have Another and you can sign up for the newsletter there. Friends, thank you for being here. I'm so grateful for you. Leave us a rating and review if you enjoy this podcast. And I hope you're having a great day. Have a wonderful weekend. And as always, we will see you next Friday.